What are the things really that are important in gaining momentum to overcome this big hurdle of forgiveness? Everything you need to know about how to get to forgiveness is gathered together in God's grace in one place in the Bible. Welcome to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith. And Colin, we probably have a lot of people listening who are saying, what is that one place? You know, this came as a surprise to me. I was reading through Ephesians in chapter 4, and Paul talks there about getting rid of bitterness and anger. He talks about uh, putting away slander from your lips. He talks about being kind. And then he says, forgiving each other. And as I read through that, I thought, you know, this is a run-up to forgiveness. How we get there. This is the path on which forgiveness is found. So, so many folks are struggling with this. I just can't forgive. And the question is, how do I get there? And we're going to look at how the scripture gives us the run-up to being in the place where you're able to forgive. And as Pastor Colin has just said, we find this in Ephesians chapter 4. So you may want to open your Bible there, but also place a bookmark in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 7 as we continue this message on cultivating forgiveness. Here is Pastor Colin. Here's what we need to understand about God's forgiveness so that we can pursue ours in the light of it. God forgives where wrong has been done, when repentance begins because atonement has been made. It's amazing, amazing. Never belittle the forgiveness of God. Never make it out that it's less for God to forgive you than it is for you to forgive yourself. That completely misses all that Calvary's. And that leads to the central question here uh, today, and it's this how can I get then to forgive? How can I get to forgive? And I want you to imagine here that you are standing right next to a hurdle on a racetrack. And you're, you're right up against it, and you, you cannot possibly jump that hurdle from the position in which you find yourself. You can't jump a hurdle from a standing start right next to the thing in front of you. It's impossible. It can't be done. What do you have to do? You have to take a run at it. You have to take a run at it. Now, friends, that image really gets to what has been to me one of the most important things I've learned about the Christian life. And of course, it's at the heart of our series that all progress in the Christian life is made out of the momentum of spiritual health. And uh, one of the reasons that some Christians get into difficulties is that Satan can often get us so focused on that one sin, that one constant failing, that one problem, that one issue that we can't seem to get over, and we're right up against it like the person stuck still standing next to the hurdle. And you just can't get over it from that position. You, you, have to get further, you have to get away from it in some degree. And you have to gain some momentum to take a run at it in order to get over it. to some momentum. And that momentum will carry you over. Now, we have been learning this principle from the Beatitudes, haven't we? we we've been saying it's like, it's like rings using a different picture, swinging from one to the other. You can't begin on the fifth Beatitude. You can't begin with saying, well, I've got to forgive now. Hey, what leads to forgiveness? Well, you've got to start with this. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. How is that relevant? Because the very beginning is seeing my own need of forgiveness and therefore mourning my own sins. 
It's going to give you some momentum that moves forward. So this is a very important principle, and it runs right throughout the Christian life. So often, the best way to help a person who's struggling with one particular issue is to look more broadly at what's in place in their Christian life. Are you at worship? Are you part of a life group? Are you praying with other people? Are you in the Word? What are the things that are cultivating your general spiritual health that are going to give you a run at gaining victory, as it were, over this thing that so troubles you? So I've been meditating. Now, what are, the, what are the things really that are important in gaining momentum to overcome this big hurdle of forgiveness? And folks, as I have meditated on that this week, it has struck me in a way that I never saw this before, that everything you need to know about how to get to forgiveness is gathered together in God's grace in one place in the Bible. And it is Ephesians in chapter 4, and I'd love you to turn with me to that in these last moments. I just want to show you the path, because as soon as you see it, you'll say, that is a path that I can follow. There are six strides here, to use the hurdle analogy, toward forgiveness. Six strides towards forgiveness. You'll notice if you just open the Bible there that the forgiveness is in verse 32, forgiving each other as God in Christ forgave you, and how you get there, which is our question, begins in verse 30. Let me just show you very briefly then these six strides towards forgiveness. Number one, You want to forgive? You want to get there? Remember that the Holy Spirit lives within you. Verse 30, the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed. This is where progress towards being able to forgive will begin for you today. You're a Christian believer the Holy Spirit of God lives within you. Now, you may have experienced hurts that are incredibly hard to forgive, hurts that I know nothing about, hurts that are deeper than anything I've ever experienced in my entire life. But here's what you need to know. Nobody, and I'll say it again, nobody, Nobody has ever had more to forgive than God. Think about that. Every sin that you have ever committed is a personal offense against him. That's a lot of forgiving he's had to do just in relation to you. And it's more than that, isn't it? Because every sin that has ever been committed by every believer who has ever lived was a personal offense against him and contributes to the agonies that were endured on Calvary by his son. You've got a part in that, and so do I. So think how much God has to forgive. It's unimaginable. And he's done it, and his spirit lives in. You think about that? Here's where you need to be 
skin if you're going to take a run at forgiveness. You look at this offense that seems so impossible for you to forgive. Here's stride one. Remember the spirit of the forgiving God lives in you. His spirit. Number two, don't dwell on the injury. Don't dwell on the injury. That's what he says, verse 31. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger be put away from you. This is very practical. Bitterness, wrath, and anger all come from one source, nursing a grievance. Someone's wronged you, and your mind keeps going over it and over it and over it again. You think about it at night. You think about it during the day. You think about it in the car. You keep thinking about it, how wrong it was and how hurtful it is. And every time you think about it, you're stoking a fire within your soul that's increasing bitterness and it's increasing anger. Bitterness, anger, and wrath are fires that need to be fed. So stop giving them fuel by nursing the grievance. When your mind goes back to this stuff, and we all know what this is like, sometimes in smaller things and sometimes in bigger things, say to yourself, there are better things for your mind to be filled with than this. And then by the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within you, set your mind on something else. You can do that because the Holy Spirit lives within you. The Bible says you can set your mind on things above. You can set your mind on other things. You can choose to think about the things that are good and pure and lovely, Philippians in chapter 4 and so forth and so on. Now, I'm saying to you, if you will add the second strike of refusing to dwell on it, to the first stride of knowing that the spirit of the forgiving God lives within you, you will already be on the move towards the place where you will be able to forgive. You're not there yet, but you're moving towards it, and you've gained momentum. You're not standing right up against the hurdle absolutely stuck anymore. Here's the third thing. Don't fight and quarrel. Verse 31. Let clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Now, you know what it's like. We've all seen this. We've experienced it. When a relationship is in trouble, then arguments over who did what and who said what and all the rest of it so often make it worse. And what the Scripture is saying to us here is quite simply, don't do that then. Don't do it. Second uh, Timothy chapter 2 and verse 24, the Lord's servant must not quarrel, period. That's not something that I am to do. Fighting and quarreling are going to do what? They're going to stoke these old fires of bitterness and of anger, and that's going to put me further from forgiveness, which is the very thing I'm trying to move towards. So I must not do this. Do not let clamor or slander occupy your, your mind or your heart. Slander, what does that mean? It means uh, when I'm sitting at breakfast, when I'm sitting at lunch, I, I'm to quit the habit of going on and on about that person and what he did, what a wretched person she is, or, or, or whatever that is. And you know how easily that can creep into us when we feel hurt and when we're wounded. And what we're doing is we're stoking the fires and we're making it harder and harder and harder to forgive. And put away all malice, that is the desire that that person should get what they deserve. That's 
analysis. You're listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and a message called Cultivating Forgiveness. It's part of the series Momentum, How to Make Progress in Your Christian Life. And they're able to bring this broadcast each day because of the support and generosity of listeners just like you. Open the Bible is listener-supported, so they're grateful for many of you who have given to the ministry. And this month, they have something new and exciting to offer. They're making a number of changes to the website, including making it easier to give. That website address is openthebible.org.uk. And as a token of their appreciation for your financial support, there's a special gift for you. It's Pastor Colin's latest book, Six Hours That Changed the World. And Colin, why did you write this book? Well, you know, it's amazing how often six hours can come and go. They just fly by without anything of real consequence actually happening. But one Friday, about 2,000 years ago, there were six hours that really did change the world. Jesus hung on the cross for six hours, and through what he accomplished on the cross— the lives of millions and the eternities of millions of people have been changed forever. And uh, the cross, of course, is at the very heart of the Christian faith. And I wrote this book so that you can see what it was that Jesus accomplished on the cross and how everything is different because of it for all who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And they'd like to send you this book, Six Hours That Changed the World. It's a gift to show their appreciation for your support of Open the Bible. Just go to the website, openthebible.org.uk, and set up a regular donation of at least £5 a month to receive your free copy. Again, the website, openthebible.org.uk. If you joined us in the middle of the broadcast, we're in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 7. So let's return to the message. Again, here is Pastor Colin. So there are a couple of negatives here. They are very, very important. There are certain things that always make forgiveness further away. And if you keep doing them, you will not be able to forgive. You want to forgive. Here's what's important. Knowing the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within you, the spirit of the forgiving God. Verse 31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice, all desiring that he or she will get what they deserve. And step four, have compassion on the one who has hurt you. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, verse 32. Now, here's something that is very important in that hardest of situations. The person is completely unrepentant. They have hurt you more than they can begin to imagine. They have no sense of responsibility about it. They don't think they've done anything wrong, and they're probably going on and doing something similar to some other person and the whole thing is, is tragic. It's absolutely tragic. No ownership, no responsibility. They are completely blind to what they have been doing and perhaps what they're doing still. And think about this. 
you see in the street a person who's physically blind, do you want to kick their stick away and get angry with them? No, when someone's blind, you have compassion, you have pity. Now, if you know that this person is blind, it's it's evident. Can't see what he's done. Use that to help you in what Christ is calling you to here. And do you have pain? Or you say, you've no idea how much pain I have. That's what makes it so difficult. Ah, you have lots of pain? Here's an opportunity. It says of Jesus that he became the merciful and the tender high priest that he is through what he suffered. Pain made him the kind of high priest that someone can come to because he knows it from the inside. Now, pain always has the potential to make a very hard-hearted person, but pain also has the potential to make a very soft-hearted person. And where the Spirit of Christ is operating within a soul, that may be something that you may look for. Let me put it this way. Use your pain as fuel for compassion. If something can hurt this much, then I must seek to be a more compassionate and tender-hearted person. When Christ saw the crowd, you remember what? He had compassion on them. Why? Because they were sheep without a shepherd. They didn't even know they were lost. They had no clue. And the person who sinned against you may still be like that today. Kind. Tender-hearted. Number five, fifth stride. Realize that you will need the forgiveness of others. Notice what it says. I'm just looking at it. It's remarkable how God gives us all this together. Verse 32, forgiving one another. Now notice it's never one direction here. God does not say you should forgive someone who has hurt you. He says here, we should be forgiving each other. What does that say? It says very clearly this. There may be things that you need to forgive in others, but you can be absolutely certain that there will also be things that others need to forgive in you. So here's something that you will find to be true. It it is just not possible to at the same time be asking God for mercy and to be refusing in your heart that same mercy towards someone who has wronged you, realizing your own continued need of forgiveness, both from God and and from others. I, I will be very glad for things that others will forgive me for that I do not know anything about at this point, but we are all sinners and we are all in need. And, and that's very important to remember as a stride towards forgiveness. It's forgiving one another. It's not just me that's forgiving. I, I also am one who needs to be forgiven. And here's the last. Savor your forgiveness in Christ. Notice what he says. Forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. In other words, God's forgiveness is both the model of our forgiving and it is the motive of our forgiving. We're to forgive one another. How? As 
God in Christ has forgiven you, which is why we spent time on looking at how he did this, how he does this. And what he's saying here is if you're wanting to get to the place where you can forgive, here you've been gaining some momentum with each of these strides now. You're moving, you're advancing, and here's how you'll get to the point where you're ready to take off as you draw near to the hurdle. Now you just fill your mind with what it means for God to forgive you. Turn that over in your mind. How has Christ forgiven me? He's done it freely. He's done it gladly. He's done it fully. He's done it in a way that was undeserved. He's done it in a way that is irreversible. He's done it in a way that is eternal and will never be withdrawn. He's done it in love, and he's done it in mercy, and he's done it out of an agony of heart that was shrouded in darkness at Calvary. And for all eternity, I will never be able to understand the fullness of that pain. Savor your forgiveness in Christ. Get your heart up there. Appreciate it. Enjoy it. Get yourself lost in wonder and love and praise in what God has done for you in Jesus Christ and what he's doing for you now and what he will do for you forever. And, and, and then forgive one another as God in Christ forgave you. See, here are the six strides towards forgiveness. What I'm saying to you is, you practice these six strides, and the seventh will take you over the hurdle. And you will find that you have the ability. And friends, for those of you, and this is the very last word, who struggle with a person who has hurt you so badly, and they are in this position that we've spoken of today of being completely unaware of what they have done, no sense of responsibility. I'm saying to you, take these six strides on the path of mercy, and you will be ready at any moment to forgive. Forgiveness will already be in your freed heart, ready to be released placed into the hand of one who has wronged you, and yet in God's mercy may one day be restored. And that is how Jesus Christ is towards you today. He is kind. He is tender-hearted. He has compassion on you. His nail-pierced hands are reaching out to you today so that whatever in your life needs to be forgiven, he's ready to forgive that for you. But he's not going to let that priceless blood-bought pearl fall to the ground. He's going to place it right in your hands, which means you've got to draw near to him. And that's what faith and what repentance does. And he's ready to do that. However much you have wounded him, he's ready to do that for you today. And if you believe this, why would you not then come to him in repentance and in faith today? You're listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and a message called Cultivating Forgiveness, looking at six strides towards forgiveness. 
Now, maybe you didn't get to hear all the steps. Well, you can go back and listen online at the website, openthebible.org.uk. You can stream the programme there or download an MP3 for free. You can also listen with the mobile app. Just search for Open the Bible at your favourite app store or you can link to it at openthebible.org.uk. Open the Bible is a listener-supported broadcast. They're able to partner with Premier Christian Radio because of your generosity. And this month, they're excited to be able to bring you not only a refreshed and updated website, but also the opportunity for you to receive Pastor Colin's new book, Six Hours That Changed the World. Colin, who is this book written for? Well, the book is all about what happened during the six hours that Jesus hung on the cross. Jesus spoke seven times during these six hours, and each time we learn more about what Jesus was doing while he was there. I mean, he was praying, he was opening up heaven, he was carrying our sins, and most of all, he was pouring out his great and everlasting love for each one of us. Now, I think Christians are well aware of the love of the Lord Jesus Christ that was poured out for us on the cross. But you will know someone who does not yet grasp the love of the Lord Jesus Christ for them. So this gift book is especially for him or for her. And if you're looking for a clear, biblical and compelling presentation of the gospel to give to someone in your life this Easter, I hope you'll get hold of a copy of Six Hours That Changed the World and give that to him or to her. Well, they're excited to be able to offer Pastor Collins' latest book, Six Hours That Changed the World, in appreciation for your support. For setting up your regular donation of at least £5 a month, they're happy to send you a free copy of the book as a special thank you gift. Learn more when you go to the website, openthebible.org.uk. Again, that's openthebible.org.uk. While my first reaction on looking at this beatitude is to say, boy, this seems impossible, my second thought is to say, now, if I could lay hold of everything that Jesus speaks of in this beatitude and really make it mine, I would be blessed with Discover what that beatitude is when you join us next time. This program is a listener-supported production of Open the Bible. 